the dead do not suffer the living to pass. You will suffer me. <laughs> You will suffer me, is what was written on Eowyn's gravestone when she died. This is Lord of the Rings Return of the King spoilers. <laughs> yeah, she's the absolute worst. Yeah. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Stevie. And today I'm doing part four of the amazing series that we've been doing for all Lord of the Rings Return of the King. And this week I have what I would consider... The filler sequel of all the episodes. I cannot wait to, you know, deep dive into this. <laughs> no one is satisfied. I thought I gave you, like, a really, really... But you gave me all the setups, bro. Like, I got all the, the setups. I threw up, yeah, they are you the setups. You gave me the but... filler where people say, tune in next time. Like, every single storyline yeah. is filler. <laughs> <laughs> you got the voice for it, though. I, I guess. I told you, Brett, anyone who fills in timestamps gets crucified. So, this you knew this was coming. It is really unfortunate. I mean, Pappy gets, like, the juiciest of all of every scene. Like, yeah, but, I don't know. true. But, you know, Pap's not stubborn or arrogant, so he's get, he gets the good parts. I didn't call you arrogant, did I? <laughs> Once before. So... No, you said Aragorn. <laughs> oh, I called you arrogant like three and a half years ago. People don't forget, Brett. Let's go around, introduce ourselves, and... Um, we don't do that here. We don't do that Why here. Why not? You will suffer it. <laughs> because we assume everybody is, re- is listening to these back-to-back-to-back, seven straight hours of <sighs> content. From spoilers. Man. <laughs> what can men do against such reckless hate? <laughs> Fine. So I guess we'll just start off where we're just going to start anyway. I'll just kick it to Pappy on this one. Pap, how do we start off between Aragorn and Eowyn? And how do you, what do you think about Aragorn's overall handling of Eowyn throughout the entire series? Pap's on mute. Oh, all right, Mikey, you take over that question. What do you think? Uh, Aragorn is doing the best he can, but yeah. this woman, she wants to dress Aragorn down like, <laughs> in the middle of this camp in front of all these men because she's just in love with the guy. I mean, I'm in love with the guy. He's awesome. But, uh, I mean, she can't compare to, to an elf lady no. who lives forever. He's also so old. Like, it's not a great match. So he has to, like, she put her knew down. too, Mikey. Like. I mean, like, he let that be known pretty early on, and other people did as well, right? Like, it's kind of her fault. What about now? We can hear you now, Pat. Okay. Did you have something to say? (laughs) Yeah, Stevie should be allowed to do an intro question. Let's back it all the way up. He's the ring bear (laughs) and the host. This is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. What was the question, Stevie? We already started. I mean, we did start, Pat, but I was really saying is how greasy of a fuck is Aragorn for what he does to Eowyn? What is he supposed to do? None of us agree with Stevie, so... What is he supposed to do? Maybe not rub her feet while she's, like, sleeping? Yes, a thousand ladies, a thousand foot massages, all right? None of them are the same as sticking your tongue in the hole. It's the holiest. Come on. I'm just saying, it's the same sport. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Um, You know, Aragorn's much, 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 much older than her. I don't know if that no. plays into your greasiness. Is that part of it? It's a little... I mean, no. this is like... They age slower. I mean, this is like, you know, a 45-year-old dating a high schooler. It's kind of weird. It's no. not Daddy Warbucks dating Annie or anything. 
<laughs> why? I mean, why would he be with this woman in the first place? He's going to outlive her. Yep. I mean, for so many many times over, why would yeah, he? Yeah, he wants his wife to outlive him by millennia. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What do you guys think? Awen or Arwen? Who would you pick, Stevie? Arwen. Arwen. Is that a is that a joke? <laughs> Dad yeah. Steven Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Dad is Steven Tyler. <laughs> she can cook unlimited animal crackers, man. Her dad is Agent Smith. What are you guys talking about? If you really want to mine for gold in this segment right here, I think it's Aragorn giving dudes all over the world the best letdown line of all time. This is straight from like J.R.O. Tolkien's genius brain, but Aragorn goes, why have you come when she like creeps up on him one of those times? And she's like, do you not know? You know, because she like freaking loves him. And he goes, it is but a shadow and a thought that you love. I cannot give you what you seek. And I would just love to bust that out in 2021. I would love to hear it in a modern something. It's just great. You would get maced. (laughs) Why are you doing this? The war lies to the east. You cannot leave on the eve of battle. You cannot abandon the men. There. We need you here. Why have you come? Do you not know? It is but a shadow and a thought that you love. I cannot give you what you seek. That I cannot give you what you seek is so, like, matter of fact. It's like, (laughs) this is not happening, okay? Like, under no circumstances. You seek what's in my pants, but it is not for you. It's like, oh, well, maybe just a quick one. It's like the kind of thing you might get on a dating app. Like, they're like, I, I cannot give you what you seek, man. Like, <laughs> Not here for hookups. <laughs> but he has wished her joy since he first saw her. So that's yeah. the consolation prize. Mm. A little sprinkle on yeah, top. Yeah, but I wish the best for you. Well, gee, thanks, bud. <laughs> we can still be friends. Corey, I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, our main three warriors, Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn, have been through a ton together. I know through the first two films, why does Aragorn want to, like, shoo his two best friends away when he's just, like, going to a mountain? I don't know, man. I guess it's just that, like, loner, badass, ranger, strider-style instinct, right? He's like, you know what? I can't make anyone else go take this potentially perilous journey with me, so definitely, I'll just go off and do it on my own. Um, obviously they're going to come, right? But I think uh, the way he leaves could have been handled better because Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli just kind (laughs) of saunter off and the whole army's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Why are our three best people leaving? What the fuck is going on? (laughs) They say nothing. We are so screwed. Whoa, where are you going? (laughs) Aragorn has nothing to say. He's not like, I got to go do a thing. Uh, He doesn't tell Theoden to give him... Make sure you tell the men that I'm doing this, and I'll be back. No, none of that. See you guys. But it leads to one of Theoden's best lines. I'm sure it got Stevie pumped. What was it, Josh? (laughs) One of the, like, WWE dudes. Not Christian, but the other one, Edge, I think. Gamley? 
bitch. One of one of the long haired Rohan guys that looks like yeah, he's I think a, it's Gamley. Is he a tag team partner? Yeah. Tag team champion. He he's like we don't stand a chance against Mordor. This is useless. And Theoden is like, but we will meet them in battle nonetheless. Yeah, come on. Let's see the timestamp. Like, yeah, I wrote that in I just a few I minutes ago, actually. I thought I didn't remember putting that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thankless job. Lord Aragorn. Why does he leave on the eve of battle? He leaves because there is no hope. He leaves because he must. Too few have come. We cannot defeat the armies of Mordor. No, we cannot. But we will meet them in battle nonetheless. Is that not badass? <laughs> I like it. But my fate, I mean, Theoden's got a jam. Yeah, you're hearing it from the worst fucking leader in the entire <laughs> three movies. Yeah. He's come around. He has. That's the whole point. It's like extra cathartic hearing no. it from him. This man now has no kingdom to go back to. <laughs> he's got nothing left. He's he's fucking got so many of his men killed because he's such a bad leader in the fir- in the two <laughs> two towers. He was fucking an idiot. And Aragorn had to save his what ass. What would you so have times. him do? Crawling off fours like a beast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't get that quote right, but it was something like that. <laughs> I do think it's a little bit cathartic, Mikey, because you're half expecting him to bring up, like, where was, where were they during the Westfold, like, again? Always oh the Westfold. Bring that's up that's the Westfold again. Uh, this man talks about. So like, man has held on to he finally years. lets it go. Doesn't that feel nice and healthy, guys? Yep. Isn't that Does good? He? Does, Does he, he let it go? I mean, I don't want to jump into, like, you know, the Rohirrim ride in Aerolingus and everything, but, like, I'm shocked he didn't bring up the Westfold before they rode <laughs> off, like, he into Minas Tirith. He has a long pause before he decides to, he- to help. Yeah. To help uh, after those <laughs> those bonfires are lit. It's, like, a very pregnant pause there. <laughs> that could be, like, a whole deleted scene. Like, you know, like, Denethor is, like, in his throne. They're getting attacked, and, like, one of his guys is like, oh, we got scouts from Rohan. They're on their way. They say they'll be here in a fortnight, and they want to know what the fuck happened at the Westfold, by the way. <laughs> Plus, I'm not going to take any orders from a man that should be clearly taking many vitamins every day. He's so old. His bones are dust. <laughs> what the hell, Definitely man? Definitely going to follow Aragorn. Ageist. If the catapults at like, one rock knocks an entire tower down, I don't think that uh, if Rohan was coming in a fortnight, it would matter much. What's a? I don't even know what a fortnight is. It was a two, two weeks. Okay. So they, basically, I'm saying the way Fast. they were tearing that tower down, <laughs> yeah. they'd be all really dead. We got some fortnight experts here on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Long brothers, time to shine, man. I just was going by by knowledge of language. I've, I've never played the game in my life. How long's four score? Eighty years. Four score is? I don't know. A score is twenty years, I think. Yeah. What did Stevie say? Poor score? Poor score <laughs> and 87%. I don't know. Poor score. Four square. <laughs> Seven years ago. <laughs> we played double tap here on this field. <laughs> Mikey, though, you have to remember, Faden's whole story is to be like kind of a legend, then being feeble and absent-minded, to being a coward, to being a horrible leader, 
to being, to being somewhat petty competent for three movies <laughs> to being super petty. When is he ever a coward though? <laughs> Who keeps messing with the script? <laughs> I mean, he goes through a lot. He goes through a grand metamorphosis here of being so bad and then getting like a glimmer of goodness and then death. No. So you know that, that's his whole character. Never a coward though. Let's let's pause that. The hero's journey. One hundred percent a coward. Where? When? What? Why? Two towers, Helm's Two Deep. Towers. He was just bitching, sitting down. What he did do we nothing. do? <laughs> Aragorn got him out of that mess. Yeah, that's true. And that they talk about that because he Theoden even says earlier this was in a different part, but he says it wasn't Theoden that led them. That's not. Out. Yeah. But that's he not, basically yeah. implying this it was is Aragorn. what this it wasn't. Is, this, co- it wasn't cowardly. The Theoden dog. This movie is what forty-eight hours later. You think I'm going to start taking? taking orders from that guy who couldn't get us out of the two towers? Man, I couldn't wait to Come talk on. about his speech later, but now I think it's going to be a dud. Who couldn't stand out of a chair a week or b- week before? To be fair, their leader just rode off into a cave without any... <laughs> I'm still following him. So much as a goodbye. Someone yeah. literally goes, Aragorn! Russell Westbrook did not request us to do this pod to just rant, like, get down each other's throats, guys. Gotta work as a I, team I just here. can't can't stand Theoden. <laughs> I can't stand that man. I'll say this though before we move on. Like if I was like one of those like Rohan like writers and I saw Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli right off into the night, I would ride right behind them saying, "What are we doing, guys?" <laughs> I mean, Theoden here is really citing classic uh, Billy the Kid when uh they complain about how it's 100 <laughs> against 5 and he basically just says back, "It's 100 against 5." It's 100 against 5. <laughs> We will meet them in battle nonetheless. <laughs> Jesus, Billy. <laughs> Jordan, I have a question for you. If it's about the Westfold, I swear. <laughs> Where were you? It's not. Um, okay, so Theoden sends... A- he wants to send Eowyn back to Eridos to be... Pederast. ...in charge of a throne that'll probably won't exist in ten hours because the world of man is going to fall. Eowyn's going to need a husband at some point. Say it's not Faramir at the end. Who do you want to see Eowyn end up with? Oh, man. I- hmm. It seems like it might be Mary. Because he's yeah. kind of sending them both away. Great, Is that? It, it seems Why? like I'm not Why trying are you to shift them. Trying to make this happen, but Stevie so asked the question. I agree with Jordan. Mary is a great pick. He's noble. He tries. Why can't two people just have a platonic relationship? Oh, SJW Pap. So we spent like 10 minutes there arguing why Aragorn is like giving her the cold shoulder, and then <laughs> now it's like, oh, why can't people have platonic relationships? I blame. <laughs> All well, this arguments on Stevie's venomous attitude at the beginning. Stevie asked the question. I'm just answering the host's question. First of all, we've all seen Vigo Mortensen's wiener, so there's no way you can just be platonic <laughs> with him once you go that far. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Too little of a wiener on Mary. But Josh brought Whoa. this up last week. He's like, well, how come Mary doesn't get a chance with Eowyn? It's like, why can't they just be friends, Josh? Why does there have to be a romantic relationship between them? Yeah, Josh. I think some of the great great romances of all time start off as friends and then you ride on a horse together for like 12 hours and you <laughs> dry grind against each other and start making out a little okay, bit. Okay, Gandalf did that pap, with Pippin. Pap, to be fair, I was thinking more like in practical terms if all the men are going off to battle, like Mary might be uh, practically speaking their last resort. I think it's interesting territory to trod, like half human, half hobbit. We've seen half elf, half human 
What's a half human, half hobbit called? We've seen half goblin, half orc, half human, half man. We've seen man, bear, pig. It's <laughs> <laughs> called a, a quarterling. Is that true, Corey? A quarterling? No, that, that sounds good though, right? Yeah. It does yeah, sound really going. good. It sounded Tolkien-esque. Impap, I know you're anti that relationship. But can we admit that Mary's like the horniest of the hobbits? Oh, true. And like you know, he's hyped up on hobbit weed all day. He's calling Eowyn Milady for crying out loud. He's planting seeds. I mean, like hobbit weed is basically interchangeable with horny goat weed that you would buy <laughs> at any gas station. We all know this to be true. I would say though, like, I, is Eowyn? Listen, she's awesome. She's badass. Everything she does is great, but like, yeah, not, not cooking. cooking. Should she be going back to take care of the yes. kingdom? You know what I mean? Isn't it like a whole line of succession and political implications that it's way more important that she fulfills those duties? Yeah, I, I got a little beef real quick, and they both happen right away. But Mary, was it? I always forget. Is it Mary or Pippin? Mary? Dominic Monaghan. Okay, so Mary. Yeah. He like pretty much swears fealty to Thad and, and literally disobeys his first order. Uh, to go to not go to war, and he makes this big speech to Eowyn about I need you to lead the people because he knows it's probably going to go south, and she ignores him too. Like I guess that kind of goes to what Mikey was Come saying. Like ungovernable, you shouldn't have to listen to him because he stinks. But I like him. But it goes back to what Stevie was saying, where it's like a kingdom of dust. Like what is she going back to look over if every She's going to rule ash. Every single person is here. There's literally <laughs> women and children and future generations there. Not I just mean, the men. This has to be some sort of leadership. Uh, they'll figure it out themselves. The women and the children. I mean, she's got to help them. She's got to try to save them. You're right. The Witch King would have been better off alive. That would have been, not tipped How the scales would she at know? all. The she Witch didn't King. know she was going to kill the Witch King. That's all I'm saying. All, all I'm saying was when I watched that scene, I'm like, well, the people might be left without a leader now, and Rohan's going to descend into chaos. I'm not saying it didn't make for a better story. I'm glad they went. I I'm love saying, her. Like, I'm glad she does what she does. Yeah, no, it's cool. She's a good character. I'll say this. If this movie had like three more hours to shoot or to show, oh, I would have loved oof. to have seen like a reformed Grimma Wormtongue end up with, with oh, uh, Eowyn. He has now to get, get some sun, some Brush new clothes. clothes. You know what I call him worm tongue, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying a reformed Grimma would have been kind of cool to see. He was once a man of Rohan. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I imagine he has horrible dandruff and lice, you know, give him, you know, some shampoo. He's got a little Chucky doll. he might clean up all right. Remember, that's Chucky. Josh, when Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn are like, making their way through the mountain pass and like eventually into the mountains. This feels like cluttered with deleted scene mm, upon deleted so scene. Many. I didn't notice until this time. Oh, like, did you care for this sequence at all? Or were you just ready for Aragorn to start talking to some, you know, green people? They're not <laughs> using New Zealand's like beautiful surroundings for these scenes. This looks straight up green screen. Mm -hmm. Some of it's not very well done. I don't think green creatures, like green wispy creatures with green screen is a great choice or mix or something. There is something weird going on with the Photoshop layers of all of the ghosts on screen. <laughs> like they're all at like 90% opacity. Haven't they redone this? 
I think I heard in the initial theatrical release, they're like far harder to see. And then yeah, for everything much. else that they've released, they like made them glow. It's like they didn't, the people in the back are just as defined as the people in the front. So it's just like so much <laughs> detail of wispy So green. many lines. I don't like the wispiness. I, I don't care for the wispy. I just like the dialogue. This is the one-two punch here, Stevie. It's not just that it looks a little kooky. This is the kookiest plot device. Oh, my God. Of, like, we're introducing it here. We're coming face-to-face with it here, I guess. Like, this is the Deus, Deus Machina. How do you say that, Pat? Deus Ex Machina. Ex Machina. <laughs> ghost army that makes no sense <laughs> yeah what is that history lesson stevie like do, do you understand that maybe is it cooler in the books maybe that's a it's better way, question go ahead stevie if you want I, I literally just researched it no go ahead okay Brett. so i'll try to make this short the numenorians wait is that that N- i don't know numa, numa numen they were the great start numa, first yeah, word the numenorians yeah they, they used to worship Bye. uh <laughs> All right. No, <laughs> They used to worship Sauron. And then Gondor became a thing. So they were like, no, we're good on that. And then they swore an oath with all the little hill village people type people that they would come to Gondor's aid if they ever were called. And then when Isildur called them, they didn't want to. They're kind of like, I don't want to say that. Switzerland, I guess. They didn't want to like kick off the victor so they kind of like didn't answer so he got they got cursed hmm. and in the book it's way less uh they go to this little mountain pass after they get through the uh road of the dead and they blow this horn and a horn answers them back and then all the dead people are like all right there on this mountain and then aragorn's like why did you show up here basically and they're like we can't fulfill our oath <laughs> that's it that's a lot better yeah, so it's kind of like the inverse of what we see in the movie, where, like, the king of the dead's like to Aragorn, he's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. In the book, it's kind of the opposite. Aragorn's like, what do you want from me? And and they say to fulfill our oath, where it's the kind of a role reversal in the film. They also have a lot more people with them, uh, Aragorn and them. They have the Great Company, and then Elrond's two sons. And the Rangers. Yeah, the Great Company, that's oh, them. the Great Company, yeah. Have you all seen the commentary online about how... This is pretty much like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, it's like the same exact shit. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was Jeffrey Rush, but I don't think it is. Did this come out the same year as the first Pirates? Yes. That's odd, isn't it? And the ghost looks so much better. <laughs> the <laughs> ship looks exactly the same. But isn't that plot device kind of the same thing with like the spirits returning and adhering to some oath? And- they stole gold and they betrayed people. And now they're ghosts. They walk underwater and the stuff. ones are like outright villains, though, and the other ones aren't. You best so. start believing in ghost stories. You're in one. Mm. Orlando <laughs> Bloom. Always worshiping the Gorkor, these guys. <laughs> hey, you leave the Gorkor out of this, all right? The way is shut. Now you must die. <laughs> I summon you to fulfill your oath. None but the King of Gondor may command me. That line was broken. 
Uh, it has been remade. Uh, no, I just, I don't like this part. Like, how do I put this? I think this is the lowest low out of the entire trilogy is like this sequence and plot point. Mm. I really can't stand it. This is my favorite movie out of all three. But to me, this is the lowest point because it feels very shoehorned in. It's not really mentioned in the first two movies whatsoever. Um, There's no breadcrumbs leading up to it. And it just kind of, it just kind of, and then this happens and and then this happens. And I just don't care for it. I know about you guys. They are dominant on the battlefield. I guess we'll get to that later, but good God. Yeah, they crawl like fucking ants. (laughs) What a weapon. I mean, they're ghosts. (laughs) Corey, if this was a and d spell to have this army, how powerful, like, what's the DC on that one or whatever? (laughs) Crits. Nothing but crits. Uh, Just throw your dice out at that point. Is any of this salvaged, Stevie, by like the choice to make whether the dead or not will join up a little bit dramatic? Like you have that whole scene where the scroll or the skulls are falling, and it's only skulls. So who knows where the rest of the body parts are? <laughs> but they're, you know, like and then they, we will fight. You know, like because that was all a Peter Jackson, you know, choice to add that whole conflict. Does that help at all? It helps for me because the skulls were all practical, which I love that shit. Real skulls, like in the uh, Poltergeist movie? Not about <laughs> real skulls, but the three of them were climbing across, you know, skulls getting poured on top of them and trying to get across it. And then when they did that kind of pullback shot where it shows all the skulls releasing, kind of like from a very upward, you know, downward looking God's eye view. That was practical. That's a miniature with 60,000 miniature skulls being released through it. That's awesome. They did that about 10 times. Are the ghosts practical, Stevie? Are they real ghosts? Um, (laughs) I don't know if they could get them in time (laughs) for the shoot. They couldn't get a visa to New Zealand. Ghosts are hard to summon on a whim. It takes time. So I'm not sure if they could, you know, get them in time. I just... Their union is a bitch to work with. Yeah, their union. Oh, yeah. Always got to have a guy on set. Lots of ins, lots of outs. And there's a buffer, always a buffer. Their managers are nightmares. Um, But (laughs) the way they mixed the miniature shots of, like, the 60,000 mini, mini skulls with the 10,000, you know, life-size skulls going on top of our three heroes, I think is an incredible shot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as anal as... Peter Jackson is about you know how he made these films. I think the idea of using miniatures was the best thing he could have done because a lot of it just looks so flawless. And when you know, as much as I don't care for the wispiness of the ghosts, I think a lot of like the CGI and the practical effects blend together really well. Is the union for the ghosts called the Screamsters? Is this on? <laughs> It took, mm. it took me a second. That's, that actually isn't bad. <laughs> Teamsters, Screamsters. It's a better joke if you explain it, like most jokes yeah. that are good are. Trust your audience. What about Peter Jackson falling like a uh, an oaf on the boat? Holy crap. I was like, I, who is that guy? Oh, man. <laughs> Did you like that, Pat? No, not really. <laughs> I don't. The guy who oversold it more than anybody in the th- you know out of all three movies. He has a cameo in all three, doesn't he? Um, what? I don't know who he is in Two Towers. He's in the. Does he? He's in the 
Prancing Pony in the first one. He's the guy in the Prancing Pony, you're right. Falls on his ass <laughs> in this one, in the boat. I don't know if he's in Two Towers or not. I imagine he was at Helm's Deep for part two. Oh, he's in the blue overalls when they get in the fight I, with the Russians. Man, I was thinking of making a joke like yes, that. Nice, yes, guys. Yes. <laughs> what if I told you? Legolas, fire a warning shot past the bosun's ear. Mind your aim. That's it, Spike. We warned you. Um, Pat, were you talking about the with like kind of the drama of will the ghost show up or not? That's like five minutes later they show up and they just say mm. we fight. So it just really I understand why that was cut because it falls so flat in the extended. You can scenes. tell it's like this mm. is desperate like, attempt to insert any drama into the presence of an undead army who's unstoppable. Right? It's like okay, can we give them a little bit of like tension a little bit of like you know something to consider because once you have an undead army who's a basically army ants who can just crawl over everything like you said stevie like it's over it just feels so hollow to have that in this film it's like all right (sighs) do you want to know what really happens sure after they take out the people in the boat they leave that's a much (laughs) better ending to their story it kind of makes sense right yeah because yeah, I mean, they could have. He could have said, "Hey, while you're here, says it's no effort for you." Were the boats really important in the book? Oh yeah. Would there have been anything against Aragorn looking back at Theoden and the WWE tag team champs and just saying, <laughs> "He's like, hey guys, I'm gonna go try to deal with it, try to get this unstoppable army. If I get them, we win the war. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I gotta try. So I'll be back if I can. Like, <laughs> just." Be open as a leader, I think. Thaden, you're old, you're feeble, you don't want no part of this shit. No, like, see, it's the perfect plan. Yeah, if 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 they fail, they can blame it on Thaden, and he <laughs> continues to be a bad leader. <laughs> Peter Jackson makes a cameo on all six of the movies. Let's not call and it six right. movies. Let's pretend the other three right. Six of G. He is a real no, no, warrior, this- whoever said that, you're right. In the second movie. I still haven't seen that last Hobbit movie. He's a Rohirrim warrior. Yeah, they show a picture of me. He looks ridiculous. That poor horse. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to say to the uh, Facebook user who called me an SJW years ago when I pointed out there's no people of color in Lord of the Rings. They're not listening anymore. I was wrong. The evil men of the East are. There are some people (laughs) of color in there. So congratulations. We got them. Ladies and gentlemen, we got we got him. You're welcome. <laughs> Representation, Mikey. What do you make of um, Faramir's almost dead scene and how Pippin is just, you know, a doctor and he knows? Uh, Pippin has had the finest medical training <laughs> in all of the Shire, so he needs some husks. He's CPR he certified. He knows Faramir still had. He's alive and old. <laughs> some life left in him. Husks. Where are the husks? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it just says more of uh, Denethor, right? The dad, Denethor. He's just like, no, I, I cannot look at my dead son. He's definitely dead. I will not look that way. Yeah, he's lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, when when uh, and who is it? Mary or Pippin? God, I keep Pippin. Fuck. 
Yeah, Pippin is just like, no, he's definitely alive. Just get over here and get him some help. He's still alive, you guys. CPR! He just needs King's Fold and he's good. <laughs> Shastrocitations! <laughs> it's just a ridiculous scene. <clears throat> it's. It feels kind of out of place in the film. It, he- it feels weird to hear someone say medicine. He needs medicine! <laughs> <laughs> Corey, such a good point. I thought the same thing, too. Yeah, why not, like, Gandalf, do a spell? Why is Josh podcasting from halfway across the room? Yeah, what's that? I love it. It sounds amazing. I was trying to figure out what's going on. Please don't stop. Bill Burr leans back and screams. I walked across the kitchen just to yell, he needs medicine several times. He needs medicine! What are we going to give him, like, Robitussin? They don't have medicine. Get him some Advil. Sprite and ibuprofen. Windex. He needs a ginger ale. He needs Stand. some Adderall. Some ivermectin. <laughs> Get this man a vape pen. Now. Ivermectin. I do love this part, though, because does anybody else watch these watch movies with subtitles? Besides oh, you know me? I do. Watch Come on. Everything. Everything I watch, I watch with subtitles. Same. I... I feel bad if like, no one had ever seen this movie and they have to hear Denethor say flee for the first time. Because I know they can't understand it. <laughs> it's the most grumbled up speech you've ever heard in your life. It's got all those tomatoes in its mouth. I just, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost comical to a point, And it makes it even more comical when... You know, Gandalf takes his boomstick and it just starts hitting him. And he's like, all right, everybody settle down. I got this. The bad man is dead. Well, Stevie, is this the first time he's looked out a window in weeks? Because does he not know that the legions are amassing right outside his fucking house? Because he looks over and he's like so taken aback. And I get it. Maybe it's bigger than the last time he looked out the window. But he's such a fucking coward. He thought he had a fortnight. (laughs) He should have been there when the Westfold fell. Like it's the same look like Thaden had when the Westfold fell. I mean, just pure, (laughs) you know, shock and horror. Look out the window. You're right, though. It's like the first time he ever looked out a window. He's like, what the fuck? No one came to help us, and there's a million orcs on our doorstep. And it does make kind of sense, though, with Theoden always being on his throne <laughs> or, you know, masturbating to Boromir's pictures. <laughs> you know, wow. he just never looked out a window, so that was that. Do we like the moment where Gandalf hits Denethor with his boomstick? I think it's very funny, but it also feels a little bit like Peter Jackson comedy out of place. Out of place. Yeah. I yeah. do like it. It's like Stevie said. It feels like a laugh, but eh, it's It odd. feels like a Gimli one-liner. Mm, yeah. You know how they, they were trying to force those like Gimli one-liners in Two Towers nonstop? Yeah. It feels like something in the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> he comes and he pokes Thade in the eyes. Or, hey, Gandalf. we get Gandalf being very active in this movie. He is bonking people all over the place with that staff. So <laughs> I think he has a little bit of a slip-up here. As much as I love Sir Ian... Like, the way he delivers this... Here's how the line is written. Send these foul beasts into the abyss. That's like two syllables when he says it in the movie. You can't tell what he's saying at all. Did anybody catch that? (laughs) No. It's just like a flub of a line. Fine line reading. (laughs) I'm sure we'll play that and we'll let the audience just decide. Send these foul beasts into the abyss! 
lot of negativity in this segment, boys. Josh, take her easy. Oh, you're going to make Sir Ian McKellen do the most physical thing he's done in the last <laughs> 10 years again for another take, Josh? He was Magneto, and he just got to, like, spread his arms. <laughs> this wizard's mana bar is all the way down to zero, Mikey, and he's trying to use his physical strength, yeah. and it's pathetic. <laughs> he needs some elf bread in his tummy. He's very low on it energy right now he's still in his refractory period <laughs> yeah he blew his magical load man he needs time <laughs> later he swipes a guy with a sword and it doesn't even like penetrate the skin <laughs> it just that. like slaps him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he meant to actually kill denethor here he just accidentally just kind of bonked him <laughs> too tired just bonk to the edge of night until the stars are all alight. I do like the idea, though, that like Gandalf asserts his dominus, uh, dominance here in Minas Tirith. Like he kind of like bonks state and it's kind of goofy or whatever. It is a, a a nice blend of like a comedic moment plus like it's kind of telling us a little bit of the story right like he's now in control of the army denethor is out of the picture basically in terms of control finally except this really is where as much as i hate game of thrones it works on this level so much better like whoever would be acting king would have like real people guarding him that would have like real choices to make like what are these guards that are standing by kind of like are they going to fight the leader, enough in that? Who's the leader of them? They're not going to fight uh, over Denethor. No, but I, know what you're I saying, think Josh. that'd be... I think, That's not their job, I, Josh. I, I agree, but I think that would be interesting conclusion. They're guarding a tree. They were they swore an oath to guard a tree. Okay, I'll just let that be the point. <laughs> I'll hit you with one. Who's who's worse, Wormtongue or Denethor? Denethor's way worse, in my opinion. Gothmog should be on the throne. Like, first and foremost. Says a Jafar fan, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Pappy, are you are you, are you you picking up what I'm laying down at all? Like, it, it would be an interesting perspective to, like, see that gray area a little bit. That's like, that's like George R. R. Martin's big critique on Tolkien in the first place, is that he deals so much in black and whites. And do you think we're seeing that? Uh, a little bit. Like, uh, no, I, I'm definitely picking up what you're putting down. Like, you would think there would be some, even, like, right hand to the steward, right? Like, I'm sure this guy's not running the kingdom by himself. He would have some sort of court or core guard or something. But at the same time... An intern. Uh, tomato picker. The problem is, <laughs> this is a four and a half hour fucking movie, and there's just not enough time <laughs> to introduce a bodyguard and have him have a moral dilemma, nor would that really even do much. Josh, <laughs> we get a little bit what you're talking about in the second movie when uh, the guard, half the guard of uh, Rohan tries to stop Gandalf, and the other half kind of like holds them back, so you do see a little bit mm-hmm. there, and it's actually pretty well done, so I feel like they could have thrown something in there that lasted. They, I mean, if anything, it could have shown get another example of showing Gandalf how powerful he is and how much he can sway people. Like, I don't know, they all lift their swords up and he just like, I don't know, gets them to stop. Could have been cool, but Pappy's right. Four and a half hours, a long time. I would rather see Gandalf use any kind of magic during this whole sequence. Like later on when he's, or maybe that's even before, 
when he like saves Pippin or whatever, and then you get the body double Gandalf for a second, like spinning around and you can't see his face. It's like <laughs> I don't know, man. Like like you have this boomstick. Use your boomstick. Like send a little wizard blast or a, a laser beam or whatever, you know? Like that's what makes you cool. <laughs> wizard blast. <laughs> yeah, conjure a gun, dude. Let's get it interesting. Corey talked about how Gandalf is the type of guy to give someone a quest and like that's his style of leadership and power. But do you, what do you think his like best weapon is, Corey? Can he like if he wanted to, could he just like vaporize like one of those little squadrons of orcs down below? Like if he really concentrated, like what can he do? I don't know. It's a very good question. On one hand, I feel like he could probably just single-handedly destroy the whole army. Like, that power is, like, within him. But on the other hand, what is his greatest power? It it might be the ability to inspire hope. That's what he's supposed to to do. men and hobbits and all, like, our heroes of the story. (laughs) That's a lot of uh, friends we made along the way stuff. Guide them to win the battle. This is all just kind of, like, my own conjecture or whatever. Like, the, I don't know that this is necessarily true, but like Brett talked about how Gandalf, he really can't be beaten by anyone except Sauron. So uh, with that in mind, do any of these fucking orcs coming at him, like really stand a chance? Like, no. And I thought about that when he Pippin saves them or like supposedly saves them, right? Like, yeah, I don't think that would do anything to him. Getting stabbed in the back. Stab from behind. It's kind of lame that his best power is just being the John Wooden of Middle Earth characters. House. <laughs> Pyramid of success, <laughs> Ted Lasso, or whatever. He just yeah. put on your socks, tie your shoes. Is there room to believe that Gandalf doesn't actually have powers, and they're just sort of like technology tricks that he uses? Is that like kind of the point of why? No, he doesn't go. Yeah, he's got some Duracell D batteries. And he's got... Pocket sand. (laughs) Pocket sand, yes. (laughs) He's got like a cell phone, you know? Like (laughs) He plays Wordle in the mornings. (laughs) It reminded me of that line. He gets super pissed and he tells Bilbo, do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. But like three movies later when he's like shining truly just like a flashlight into the air to like scare the Nazgul away <laughs> like are you maybe a conjurer of cheap tricks the simplest solution is usually the best he couldn't light a bonfire I know that a lot of shit is being talked about this movie I just gotta say man like <laughs> I like this movie I'm just talking shit about Gandalf and his powers I'm just saying yeah I mean you can't have him be just like some OP like Sauron type figure on the good side that just like wipes out the enemies like what is that is that fun is that a good movie is that a good book I mean probably not right I like the, the mysteriousness of Gandalf's magic it's used seldom and it's used when it's needed and there's a like a holy benevolence to it like the light is like very symbolic for like what he's doing like I'm sure he could probably do more than that he could probably you know vaporize some motherfuckers but like <laughs> he doesn't really do that in the books so why like overkill it in the movies it's kind of weird having like the most powerful and i don't know just person is not the main character <laughs> cuz 
<laughs> Gandalf would be like the main character, right? He's awesome. <laughs> and we're following around these uh, tiny little hobbits instead. But we just get to see like Gandalf's awesome dunks from the sideline and stuff. So it's it's just odd, the priority set. I, I didn't read the book, so I don't know how how prevalent Gandalf is in there or whatever. So he'd be a totally different kind of a wizard or whatever or something, but or how powerful he is. But it's just like, he's obviously, he, he knows the power of the ring. He is like the second or first most powerful person besides Tom Bombadil. Everybody knows he's the, the OG. He's <laughs> like Thanos in this universe. <laughs> Bombadil and his wife, Dingleberry. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, he's, he's not even the main character. He's like, he's almost like fourth coolest or fourth fourth person we want to follow along out of all of these characters after like Aragorn and Legolas and the Hobbits. Gandalf's number one for me. I'd rather follow him around. But but you would think that he would be the main character if it would. I don't know. It's just like so I I feel like it would be very difficult to write a, a whole trilogy of of books around around Gandalf because he is so awesome and you're just kind of like there goes Gandalf being fucking awesome. Well, I got to go walk this way and take this ring uh, the opposite direction of Gandalf. And so I'm not going to be with him anymore. There he goes. Homeboy yeah. fucked a Martian once. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that he has gunpowder technology. Where's that? I would have loved to see some Swiss Family Robinson type traps for these orcs coming up. Traps? Some pranks, some collector-style pranks. pranks. Like he drops a fish hook in the guy's ear. Just a bunch of tacks on the Tiger floor. pits. <laughs> Why didn't he hook up an, a, a wire to an umbrella that zips you across your house? He could have outfitted this army with rifles if he would have used his talents over the last 60 years instead of just sitting around. Swiss Family Robertson is just jaw for kid, or saw for kids, man. It's fucked mm-hmm. up. How come Saruman can, like... Make Gandalf, you know, fly in the sky and, you know, hit his head on the top of Isengard. But Gandalf never does that to anybody. Because he's a good guy. I know, but yeah. wouldn't it have been nice if he, like, did that to, like, Gothmog, like, the middle of a battlefield? He just, like, takes his fist and raises him up in the air, and Gothmog is, like, screaming. And all of a sudden, he just, like, disintegrates midair. That'd have been great. Pappy's right. That's like a dark side move. Listen, that is advanced magic that can only be done in the presence of Nikes squeaking on across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the secret ingredient. I'm also, like, wondering if it's even a refractory period type thing or if his power level just goes up and down like the stock market. Because it's just, like, <laughs> whatever he's feeling at the time is, like, however much effort he's putting into any battle. A lot of this movie, he's feeling, uh, you know, a little 1928 crash. Yeah, it's just, like, whatever he feels like at the time is as much effort as he's going to put in. Which, uh, to, believe me, Gandalf, I've been there, okay? I totally understand that mindset. <laughs> Put in as much effort as you want, but it's like, this is the fight for mankind here. These little hobbits need your help, and you're just kind of like, whatever I can can muster up at the time. Man, the Mikey rants are strong tonight. They're great. They are great. Corey, uh, Gollum and Frodo finally make it to Shelob's lair. Um, What did you make of, like, the overall look of Shelob and, like, her lair in general? Uh, Shelob's lair, 
pretty legit, you know? It kind of gets scarier as you go through it, I think. They, they talk about the smell. From what I recall from the books, and I don't mean to be that guy every single time I speak, but... <laughs> Uh, so I'll make this one the last one. Love it. From, from the books, that the smell is like so fucking atrocious that you could like smell it while you're reading it. You know, it's like one of those very mm. well-written descriptors that you just like, it's basically just like orc shit and piss everywhere. Like, <laughs> and rotten bodies. And, yeah. so it's like the most foul fucking place on Middle Earth. It's like the orcs rumspringa spot. Yeah. It's their breeding grounds. <laughs> but of course in there there's you know, you start to see web, you start to see more bodies as he goes deeper in the cave, and then we get Shelob, the giant spider, probably Brett's favorite character, right, Brett? I'm fascinated by the lore, but uh I watched the entire thing in the theater. Can you watch it still? Like with your eyes open? Uh I was I wasn't watching it tonight, but I wasn't I was watching a little bit off and on. I actually tell Brittany I literally every time it comes on I haven't decided whether I'm going to watch it or not. So there's a shot where it's over the spider, and I think that might be in Pappy's section that it's pretty visceral for me because it looks really real um, from the top. But I think it's pretty well done. Like the introduction of her, when you you see her in the background, but you don't see her, Mm -hmm. that's freaking incredible to me. Like you're looking at it. I was even looking for her. And I was like, I think that's her. And then when she starts to move and it like focuses in the middle of her face, yeah, I think that's super well done. I think this whole thing is pretty well done. What's that smell? Oaks's faith. Oaks is coming here sometimes. So this set was originally um, kind of the caverns, like underneath Isengard, where like the orcs were making all the stuff in the Fellowship, mm-hmm. and they repurposed it. And here's what it's not funny, but I found it really funny watching behind the scenes. So they made like the webbing from from scratch. They took synthetic polymer, put it in like a deep, like pretty much like fryer, put it in a deep fryer. And they had to get it to an exact temperature of 220 degrees. If it got to 221 or 222, it would explode and catch on fire. If it didn't get to 220, it wouldn't hold and stick. So, like, there was a lot of trial and error there. And what they do is they deep fry it, put it in a bunch of cold water, and they would spin the webs, like, by hand. And this isn't funny, but anyone who was, like, making or handling these webs was, like, wearing, like, a pretty much a gas mask you know one of those pressure masks that's you know recycling air and you know you're not supposed to be breathing this stuff whatsoever anyone who was hanging it was wearing these masks and like on the behind the scenes all you see is elijah wood with no mask just being like strung up just covered in this stuff anti-masker and (laughs) it's kind of dark but i just thought that was really funny to watch it like 
everyone's wearing these masks but Elijah Wood. Like a Breaking Bad, like fucking meth lab mask thing? (laughs) Yes, pretty much what I mean. Like everyone had those on who was handling it. And here's Elijah Wood just being covered in it. And I was like, oh my God, that poor bastard. He's going to die so young. I feel like he's too nice to say like, can I get a mask or like whatever, you know? (laughs) Like, you know, he's just sitting there watching everybody like string this stuff up. He's getting covered in it. He's like, why are all you wearing masks and not me? Like, oops, you're dead. Can we just add this in post? (laughs) (laughs) Pap, we're getting towards the end of my chapter here. Mm. What happens to Gollum? Uh, as Brett put in the timestamps, Gollum takes a tumble. Gollum is kind of sitting there trolling Frodo while he's caught in the webs. And all of a sudden, Gollum's like, oh shit, he's messing with to him. Get out of these webs. And, um, you know, th- there's one last appeal from the Smeagol side of like, I didn't mean to do it, you know, like, it's, it wasn't me, please believe me. And then, of course, Gollum takes over and. Loses mind. We don't see much of Gollum after this. You know what I mean? Like, he's not done in the story, obviously. But this is really sort of the last moment of the Smeagol-Gollum conflict and hanging out with Frodo and stuff. You know, so it's, you'd think he might be dead, even, at this point, if you weren't familiar with the with the story. It's timely. It feels nice to see him go down there. Agreed. Love the scream. And it's tied in with, um, I don't think we mentioned this, but Frodo has like a moment of, oh, Sam, realization where he realized that <laughs> Sam was right the whole time. So And Sam finds the bread. Sam hits. Yeah, man. Sam has CTE after That's that a broken fall. <laughs> he teeth. His jaw's broken. Every time I see that, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Too bad you didn't lose any weight on this journey. It would have fallen a little bit slower there, bud. Hasn't lost a pound. For some reason, though, that image of kind of Smeagol being flushed down the toilet is really prominent of, in my brain. <laughs> it's, like, awesome. I love the way his arms and legs move down the cliff. It always makes me laugh. Yeah, he's trying to claw his way against gravity. Just <laughs> yeah. It's a sheer face cliff, and he has no chance. It's so great. I love how Frodo's able to beat his ass, too, because Gollum is just so skinny. You know what I mean? Like, if Frodo could have... He could have done this the whole time. Um, or if he wanted to, he could have done this the whole time. It's a pretty one-sided fight, for the most part. If Sam was there, he would have fucking bashed his head in. Like, Sam would have beat that motherfucker to death, for sure. <laughs> you know he's been looking for a reason to. He's been beating the crap out of him the whole time. Every chance he gets. You know, Gollum says one fucking ill word, and Sam's on his ass, just fucking wailing. Gollum is the printer in office space and Sam's <laughs> yeah, the boy starts playing in the background no Gollum has the reach they're pretty much the same size but Sam is heavier than him so that could be an advantage that's just how foul Gollum is Sam is like the sweetest person in this universe yeah. he's the person that said if I take one more step Mr. Frodo it's the furthest away from home I've ever been and now he's here like dude we gotta kill this motherfucker now <laughs> <laughs> He's gone the streets. Bro, it's on. Sorry, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the lantern from you real quick. Uh, don't they say in the book isn't Gollum this way bigger and stronger than both of them? Like, 
doesn't he can't he pretty much take both of them at the same time? I don't remember if they say bigger and stronger, but I feel like he's more formidable because like he's like always fighting. So like he's so like <laughs> scrappy and wiry. Like he's got that ring. He's beating a lot of orcs to death. He's <laughs> fucking old, yo. Have you guys seen this? I'm putting it in the Skype chat. The original design of Gollum from the original Hobbit what? book. What? Ooh, someone describe it. He is, um... Oh, my gosh. Dr. Seuss character. Ginormous. He's got a... What'd you say, Jordan? <laughs> he looks like a like a Dr. Seuss character. <laughs> yeah, a Seussian. Like a crown of leaves, maybe? Gollum, here's a who? His head is a triangle, <laughs> but really he's good, massive. Right? Beer belly. Yeah, he's kind of like a giant. It's a Bigfoot with a nest on its head. It looks like Cousin It, but it looks like it would talk like Beaker does and... It looks like yeah. beaker. <laughs> it does look like beaker. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's perfect. Thick beaker. <laughs> that's straight beaker. <laughs> it looks like it'd be on like Eureka's castle. <laughs> that does not look like a hobbit from a previous age. <laughs> so how when when they're in the caves, how does uh Smeagol not get caught in the webs? Is he just so agile that he can like dodge He's around so fishy, them? He's slimy. He's tricksy. Yeah. Man, nothing can stick to him. Tricks. He's so got even synthetic polymer <laughs> fried at 220 degrees. <laughs> I like to think that he hid behind the first boulder and just left. And the rest of it is just like him kind of throwing his voice into the cave. Like he never goes in there <laughs> in my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gollum is a master uh, ventriloquist almost. He can throw his voice, Mikey. <laughs> Toss his voice. He's had a lot of time, Mikey, to practice this, all right? I mean, he's what, 500 years old? Good God. <laughs> Also, my chapter ends on... This This was an extended scene, right? Where Frodo talks to um, Gladriel? Yeah, I believe so. Hey. Oh. Yeah, I, I got fat scenes, man. I got a lot of deleted scenes. Um, don't care for this one either. I don't know why. It just seems very out of place and a little too colorful for where we're at in the story. I'm kind of liking the darkness that Frodo's in. Mm-hmm. And then we go to straight, like... You know, Indiana autumn weather. Really don't love it. This task was appointed to you, Frodo of the Shire. If you do not find a way, no one will. We already were reminded of her with the... The light. Yes. The glowy stick bottle of water. The vial of Arendelle. If you don't get up, we all die. Arendelle. Is this contractual... I was wondering that myself. Or just trying to get her in the movie. Yeah. Was she a super big name when they started filming? I think she'd already won her Academy Award. I was kind of rolling through this section back and forth. Because, like, what is the point of this scene? (laughs) Right? (laughs) But Frodo, before his dream, he has that, like, cancerous spider web or whatever all over his body. (laughs) And then after she gives him the dream... He stands up and he's like, clean. It's called pickups, Josh. Yeah, maybe it's like a continuity <laughs> error, but also it, I like to think... <laughs> that's, called, that's called film two years I later. I like to think that the ma- <laughs> the magic did it. It was the magic of film, okay, man? For some reason, this reminded me of like the... When Neo gets shot in the Matrix and Trinity's like whispering to him in... Get up! From the ship. Yeah, like, get up, get I up. I was supposed to love the one. Yeah. <laughs> it up. reminded me of that for some reason. I've never thought that before. It just occurred to me tonight. Like, whispering to him in a dream, and he, like, kind of hops up with, like, a little pep in his step. Like, no. 
She's like, you must get up, Frodo, because I love you. What? <laughs> While I'm here. <laughs> I was watching back. He actually still has the spider webs after she helps him up. Damn it. Mm. <laughs> They're just not, like, lit the same. Okay? <laughs> Oldest, bestest spider webs don't come off that easy. <laughs> And um, that's my chapter. Anything else you guys want to add? Grand. Grand. Weird. Perfect. Why are there flames in Grand? Doesn't matter. It's perfect. It is. It is. I know we like being you know, a little bit hard on this section. That is 10 out of 10 adapting Lord of the Rings to film. Like the, the fucking rhinoceros. They made a Grand. It looks so cool. They made the it. The rhinoceros things that are pulling it, the way it looks. Like I know we'll probably get a little bit more into it in the next chapter, but that is awesome. I love it so much. I love it too, Pap. I just, I just love behind the scenes stuff and like watching them actually make a grand and having them actually throw it through a door. I thought was so cool and just how destructive it was. Even if like the flames didn't look great, the actual filming of the grand was really, really cool. The section's pretty fat though. It is, especially like when orcs are being like piled up in front of a door and Harvey Weinstein's yelling at other orcs to like be better. And you know, it is kind of fat. P-H-A-T. It's a great section. You should be lucky. <laughs> this has the worst like extended scenes oh, that we've seen so far in, yeah. this, in this movie. Like the Gimli comedy yeah, is so bad. Yeah, it's supposed to be dark. Like mm. you're, we're supposed to feel scared. We don't know what we're coming up against. And he's like... It, like even if it was like a three second scene, but it he blows one for like nine seconds, and then another one comes. The uh, what the blowing <laughs> is in the theatrical cut, but not that long. Is it's it really way shortened? Oh. And there's no and there's no scene of him crunching bones like he's stepping on yeah. Legos. Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> that goes on way too long. <laughs> that is so long. So are we saying that this is the best theatrical cut one? I would think. Yeah, so, yeah, I think probably. so. Probably. Yeah, this one is so fucking long. It doesn't <laughs> seem worth it. <laughs> That's why we're giving you seven hours of podcast to digest. Let's go. <laughs> he needs medicine! What? <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Josh, that's your cue. Gonna wake up the kids. Yeah, I was that thinking shit. the same thing. I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> We're all worried about it. It's for yeah. the bit. Speaking of it, my brother has given my nephew permission to listen to the Lord of the Rings podcast. So, wow. Asher, if you're listening, hope you're enjoying yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, 11. So, <laughs> but don't don't change anything for him. All right. If this is the first episode you've listened to in this Lord of the Rings series, shame on you. Go no, all the way go back. back. And, he's going to uh, go back and listen from no. the beginning. I'm talking about any listener. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's terrible. Who just what picks a the strange fifth one? Choice. Why would you ever do that? <laughs> Here's my point. If you, do, if you are doing that, go back to the beginning of Fellowship. Listen, we may not show up in a lot of search results, but if you search Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Chapter 4, timestamps, <laughs> we are number one, baby. <laughs> If for some odd reason this is your first time listening to spoilers, we do trivia. This particular trivia will take place over this whole seven-part series, and we're going to name a golem and a ring bear. But right now, the ring bear, Stevie, is you. 
We're halfway through the series. Mm. You have 13 points. Are you feeling good? I mean, I wouldn't say great. I mean, carrying it every episode since the beginning, so it's you know it's getting a little heavy. But you know, I'm hoping to make it. <laughs> Three years. Yeah, you could just let us carry it for a little bit. <laughs> Jordan, Corey, Brett, you guys have seven, nine, eight. You're right in the middle there. How are you guys feeling? It's hanging tough, I guess, but falling behind. <laughs> Middling. <laughs> Middling. <laughs> Not super confident. <laughs> Pappy, Mikey, you guys are tied for last with three. So that's kind of the spectrum of what we're looking at. Three, two guys <laughs> with three, Stevie in the lead with 13. How, how are you two doing mentally? Mental health check. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you all know that I have been the gom the past two years. So third year in the row, uh, I wouldn't give a fuck. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, quite honestly, <laughs> pretty much the trivia golem anyway. Everywhere. Yeah. All right. So here's the trivia for this week. With that order in mind, we're gonna give the people in last the most advantage, as we should. Good, as we always should. To be honest, right. It seems to me like throughout this whole movie, Sauron and Mordor have an incredible advantage. Basically, they should be pulling a mercy rule on the rest of Middle-earth like the entire time. But I wanted to know if you guys knew that a lot of us are from Indiana. We're kind of an Indiana pod. We like basketball. But the IHSAA instituted a rule for boys basketball. There is a mercy rule now. If a team is winning by hmm. X amount of points after the first half, a running clock will be in play the remainder of the game. I want you to tell me how many points that team must be winning by. Stevie, you're first. After the first half, there's a running clock, right? Yeah. Um, 40. Corey. Hmm. So I just got to decide if I'm going to go one above or below Stevie. <laughs> you fucker. That's his thing. Uh, 39. Queen. My up. Brett. 41. Yes. Clustered around Man. 40. <laughs> Jordan. I'm so sure that Stevie is right here. <laughs> I was going to say 40. Uh, um, it's after the first half. Just say 40 and split the points. Can you do that? I have no idea. Probably you not. Can't say the same number, can you? That doesn't seem. Oh, right. I can no. pick the same thing as Stevie. <laughs> what exactly. If we, no. We can all uh, pick forty. No. And nope. Let Forty-one. What an advantage we get being lower because Stevie gets to pick the exact right number first, yeah. and we all have to <laughs> fill it around him. Uh, I I guess I'll go fifty just to see if it's a little higher, maybe. Pappy, I'm going to make you go. I hear what Mikey's saying. Someone should share the load with him. So that's you. You go next. Mm-hmm. Share the load. <laughs> 49? No, oh. sorry. That's stupid. 60. 60. That That's... Mm. Oh, no, that's even stupider, but okay. President say like 42.0. <laughs> Mikey. Therefore, I choose it. Or, or, Corey, what is that? 
what is that uh, quote Gandalf has about like pity in Gollum? Does anybody know? Uh, it's a pity Bilbo didn't kill that foul creature. No, it's pity that sta- saved his life. It's or... pity that kept him alive, or something like that. It's a pit. It's a pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Many that live deserve death. Many that die deserve life. Can you give it to them? Spoilers, Mikey. I want to give you an extra hint. Oh my Ball. god! Here's the hint. It, it's not that big of a deal. This is violence against Pappy now. Oh, Just listen. Right. This is this rigged. is the hint. Mm. Stevie this was is ridiculous. Stevie was not correct in his guess of forty. That is the only hint. Chill out, guys. Honestly, that was what I was going to guess before Stevie said 40 as well. I don't know. That just seems like a perfect number that's insurmountable at halftime. <laughs> like 30 <laughs> seems like it would be, okay, yeah, they could probably come back maybe if they <laughs> get it together and get some defensive stops. But 40 just seems a little out of out of reach. So I'll add. Uh, did anybody say 45? No. I'll, nope. I'll, I'll say 45, because Jordan said 50, right? Yep. Right. Yes. Drum roll, please. Or Jeopardy noise, or whatever the hell. Who wants to be a millionaire? That's <laughs> my favorite part. <laughs> Points. I hate all. I these hate so this much. stupid game. It's so. Stupid. You're a genius, Steve. Thirty-five. <sighs> I can't. So, the two people I need to gain on. Just stupid number. Finished ahead of me. Pappy, you get zero points with your high, high guess of he sixty. You no points. Listen, <laughs> if you're up sixty, that they should have a mercy roll though. It still is true. You would still have a mercy roll. You just also have it at thirty-five. Too. That puts it's you even more true. If anything, yeah. solid golem. Stands like you have a total of three right now. Wait over till it's over, Mikey. You got two points there, so your total is five. Jordan, are you keeping me honest on this at all? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I got Mikey at five as well. You got one point, so you are at eight. Corey, Corey, this is important, guys. Corey got five points. So he is at 14. Yeah, he is a true contender. Brett, three points added to his eight. So he's at 11. And Stevie, you got four points. You're still solidly in the lead at 17. I'm not a contender? But wait, guys. There's more. Oh, great. There's more. Ugh. <gasps> Ugh. Stevie, in relation to this question, there will be another but you must choose the two hobbits and a Smeagol to enter this combat arena. So, <laughs> whoever, so listen, whoever wins will get three points. Whoever gets second will get one point, And whoever loses will get minus three points. Oh, my God. Three, one, and Whoa. negative zero. Stevie, so you rigged. can't choose yourself, but who do you want to be in this final trivia? So I'm not in here. No. You must choose three people, three spoiler men to be in it. Do I still get to subtract a point for being the ring bearer? No. <sighs> so, <laughs> Pappy's going in. Good. Mikey's going in. Good. 
Excellent. <laughs> and um, Jordan's going. Let's in. go. Happy, those two Good. pictures made me almost throw up from laughing. You couldn't <laughs> handle me coming in, huh, Stevie. I, I can't, can't handle it. If I can't, if I can't deduct you, you're not getting picked, Jordan. Oh, that one is the yeah. Go ahead. So this mercy rule and boys basketball. What do you, what do you think about that? Me? Is this a trivia question? Uh, this just seems like subjective trivia. Subjective. Uh, <laughs> uh, just a quick question for the end of the pod. What do you think about it? Do your best, Michael Caine. <laughs> I can't do it. You're going to have to do that for me, Stevie. Okay. No, I, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's a, it's a waste of time. What are you supposed to do if you're down 35? High school, they're, what, like eight-minute quarters? You're not hitting that many three-pointers. Come on. Jared or Josh. Well, no. either way, <laughs> Indiana high in, Indiana's been playing high school basketball for a long time. This is a tradition. Since the dawn of man. I, I would think a lot of people would point to when class basketball was eliminated to be a big deline- delineation in time where it went from classic to non-classic. But maybe some purists might point to this moment with a mercy rule. With all these snowflake millennials in charge. Gen Z. (laughs) Christ. But the question is, for these three, Jordan, you're first. When was the first year of Indiana high school basketball? With the mercy rule or overall? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not 2021-22 with the mercy rule intact. But going this back, this fairly dank year. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the year four hundred and twenty, fourteen twenty, four twenty AD. Like the year the IHSAA started, or like the first year a high school team, the high school had a basketball. <laughs> yeah, when were the peach baskets erected? Yeah, say were they were they pig bladders yeah, still? Or but can I? Is there any more? What? Like I'm gonna guess, and you're gonna give Pap and Mikey a big old like, oh, it was between 1920 <laughs> and 1935. Classic Josh. <laughs> Hold on a second. The first state championship is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. The first Indiana high school basketball tournament was in this year. Okay. That's. I had That's, to look that up. Works. I had to look up my source for that, boys. Sorry about that. Fair. Blog.history.in.gov. Um, Jeff, Jeff Long. <laughs> source. <laughs> Um, <laughs> first India, yeah, first, first Indiana tournament. high school basketball tournament, hmm. like state oh tournament. Oh my god! What do you mean, tri-state? Man. No, this is just making me so nervous. Just pick a number, Jordan. We're all. Uh, I'm the, trying to think. It's not a number. It's a year, actually. <laughs> pick a number. Six. Forty. AD forty. Um, I'm gonna say nineteen fifty-four. Oh, 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 What's your guess? <laughs> so how is it solid if he's if it depends on what you <laughs> could swing on one question? Okay, okay, it's so huge. The ground is shifting underneath my feet. It's not exactly solid, but I'm still ahead of you, Bab. Remember, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> uh, I this is I mean this is going to be a total guess. 
I don't even. Uh, I feel like they've been playing basketball in Indiana since the Pilgrims got here. So <laughs> it's our game, Mike. Yeah, it's our yeah. game. <laughs> uh, Jordan said 1950. I'll say four. 1954. Yes, is That's what, what Jordan said. Yeah, 1954. Yeah. 20. Uh, let's say uh, 1960. So you went from the Pilgrims to. <laughs> After the year 16, uh, the Pilgrims to JFK. I was gonna go 1940, but I figured the world was uh, really struggling with World War II at that time. I was like, they're probably not playing too much basketball in Indiana. They've been playing since the cavemen, so I'm gonna say 1987. Uh. Brett's so mad he doesn't get to guess. No, I have no, I have absolutely no idea what this answer is. Pappy slash Gollum. Jordan said 54. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I have to give him any space? Or can I just say 53? Do it. In, yeah, 54 in one day. <laughs> 1953. But I think it's before that significantly. What is your like actual guess? We'll, we'll give you a 1953. But just I would have said guess? like 35 or 36. Oh. oh come on, come on, come on. <laughs> well, Pappy... Your time as the golem has been shortened by quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> solid not golem territory now. Thank God. You're, you have six points, Mikey. You're down to t- two. Fortunately, <laughs> Jordan, you gain one to nine. So perhaps you are within reach now. That does help you out. But wait, how the fuck did the points work there? It, it was Nobody three ones, three <laughs> one, knows. and negative. Three for that. Oh boy! Yeah, three oh. men enter. One the correct leaves. The correct year is Mikey. You should have stuck with your gut. Nineteen eleven. Yikes! Whoa! Wow! Year before the Titanic sank. You hear that, Kansas? You hear that, Kentucky? This is you hear our that game. Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before I throw this back. To Stevie, I just want to point out that was actually 99 years exactly after the War of 1812. Nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> cares at all. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> 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 uh, the listeners were wondering how many years after the war so that was. Stupid. I that's, hate. That's <laughs> Gollum talk right there. <laughs> it's changed you, Mikey. Uh, can this be over? Are we almost done with this? Can we just end? Uh, we're not doing The Hobbit, right? No, I cannot yes. do The Hobbit. We're oh, definitely yeah. doing I need the, Hobbit. the Hobbit. I think I think the fans want it. Oh, I hate it. So what does Russell Westbrook have to say? <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, Josh. Good questions. Back to you, Stevie. Well, thank you for listening. That was such a fun episode. I'm happy I can be your noble ring bearer once again and a commanding lead once again. That makes Mikey so angry over, you know, harmless questions that I enjoy a ton. So thanks for listening. Uh, Hopefully come back next week and listen to episode five, or maybe it's already uploaded. Who knows? But um, that was spoilers.
Special thank you to our patrons. Druid King. David. Nurse Stacy. Brother Brian. Nick. Matt Troll. The Meg. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. He needs medicine, my lord. He needs medicine. That was spoilers.